Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So hello, hello again. Welcome to another week of Made of Metal. Wonderful start to the new year. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying this format. You've been enjoying the guests. If you're loving the podcast, please feel free to leave me a review. Let me know how you feel. And you can send me an email if you like as well. I'm still accepting guests. So if you're interested in sharing that story, sharing your journey, or if you're an expert in your field and you'd love to share, please feel free to reach out. So with all of that, all the formalities aside, today we are chatting with a lovely young lady who, when I first saw the title of her book, I was like, wow, okay. This is a uh, this is something that I can definitely get behind and I love big bold self-help holistic anything in the in the wellness space and I especially love people who have the courage to be big and bold in this space because it's not easy. So with all of that I am so happy to welcome on Kakua to the podcast. Welcome Kakua, thank you so much for being here. Aloha. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're so welcome. So number one, love her name. I am such a <laughs> lover of unique names, but I really like the conversation we had and I would love if we could jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. So how would you sort of introduce yourself? How would you sort of classify where you are now in your life? Where I'm at now, if someone was going to describe me, like, let's say 10 years down the road, I want them to say that I was at the start of changing the status quo for women. That's my ultimate mission. That's my why. That's my purpose. I believe that's my purpose. Sometimes, you know, we have a passion and we have purpose and some people, those are the same things. And for some of us, they're not. And I feel like that's my purpose and that's what I'm working for. This is the year that I want all of that to really, really get started. Yeah. So loving it. What led you to this purpose? What sort of experiences informed you that really drew you to this purpose? Like so many women, I came out of an unhappy marriage. Uh, That guy was, you know, not a bad guy at all. Likeable person, not the fit for me. We weren't, we were just, if we had known when we were younger, how to really evaluate, is this going to work? Do we have enough things in common? Do you know, all of the things that go into making a marriage long-term, if we knew about those things, we probably wouldn't have gotten married. So we were, you know, we were both unhappy after a couple of years, the honeymoon wears off, we were unhappy. So like so many women, I came out of that. And like even more women, unfortunately, the relationship that came after that was an abusive relationship. He was a Mm. incredibly manipulative person, admitted admitted to his manipulations and, you know, the ways that he controlled me. And when I was healing from that, it took a long time because we carry shame, right? Because societally, that it's our fault. That means we carry shame. That means we don't talk about it. And because we don't talk about it, it's allowed to perpetuate. As I was healing and I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can, I'm going to, I'm going to, tentatively express this to people that know and love me. 
And first of all, they knew because they can see from the outside. But what I learned in being Mm -hmm. able to speak it is that I wasn't alone. I wasn't uncommon. I wasn't rare at all. Almost every woman is going to experience abuse. So as I came through that, I was like really sad. I was really upset about it. I was still working on me. When I got to the point where I felt like, I feel like I've conquered this. I feel like I I did enough work to understand how I got to that place, Mm -hmm. why I was vulnerable to it, why I was susceptible, why women in general are vulnerable and susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. I also realized there's not a lot of resources for women that change that. There's a whole lot of, let's fix the damage that was done. But there's not a lot of, let's address the reason why you were vulnerable to it in the first place. Let's right. change that. Right. And that, you know, when I think if you are a person who's been through something hard, you don't want other people to go through it. It's a pretty common thread, right? Yes. Amongst successful people, <laughs> they want to help other people be successful. Healed Absolutely. people want to help Absolutely. other people yes. healed. Yes. So there was just no way that I could not... I I couldn't just be upset about it and then not do something about it. So Mm. I thought if there's no resources, if I can't find resources, then I have to make the resource. I have to be the resource. I have to provide that shift. I have to be the change to the status quo if I want the change to happen. Oh my, but that's such a, especially if you are coming from a place where you're still trying to navigate the space and navigate who you are after this, you know, life experience how are you able to sort of come to a place and say, you know what, I'm, how did you even know where to start with the resources? Was it just based on your own experiences and seeing where the lack was and starting there? In hindsight, yes, there was Mm. a little bit of that. There was a whole lot of, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I am a hundred percent sure that I have to do something. And there's so much that we are afraid to take the first step forward because we don't know what the last step is. You'll never see the last step unless you take the first step. So I had to be imperfect about it and just start moving Mm -hmm. and realize. And as I, and of course, evolution never stops. Like we're, we're still in evolution. Even as I get to a point where I can help you with things that I've conquered, Mm -hmm. I'm still conquering the next thing. So Mm -hmm. if I think I have to wait until I've conquered all the things, then I will never help anyone. So it's stepping out of that perfectionism that you may have for yourself, those standards that you're like, no, I, if it's not going to be, you know, right on point, then I, I can't do anything. Now that's something that I think a lot of people who've experienced trauma can speak to perfectionism and being sort of just stuck in one place because you're afraid to sort of take that next step, even though you know it, it is for your greater good. So how did you get over that? How did you sort of coach yourself and convince yourself to sort of get over that fear and shame of not even wanting to speak out to making a resource for other women? The getting over the shame was, it was little by little. It Mm -hmm. was talking about little bits of it here and there, parts that felt like, okay, well, it's it's a little bit embarrassing, but it's not that embarrassing. And as that became entirely not embarrassing, then the next one, you know, everything got a little bit smaller and a little bit less overwhelming and a list, mm-hmm. little bit less scary to share each step that I took. So, you know, I took enough of those steps that I thought, this is, this is, it's not so scary. This is not my fault. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I didn't hurt a person. Why am I carrying the shame? 
And I, around that time, I met a book publisher and we were talking about, you know, just our, our stories and experiences. And he encouraged me to write a book. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's kind of scary. That means, <laughs> I like, Cause I can tell you all the things that you need to do, but if you can't identify with me, then you don't necessarily have trust in me and you're not going to follow any of that. You're not going to exactly. believe that my things can work for you. Right. Right. So writing the book was incredibly cathartic because there was a lot of things that I, I didn't think I was still hiding them. I wasn't going to offer them public. Like I'm not going to run around and tell everybody, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I was still hiding them, but those things had to come out in the book because exactly that the stories have my story has to be there because my story is not just my story. If I don't put that down on paper and you don't see it to identify with it, then all I'm doing is telling you what to do. And like, fucking nobody listens to that. Mm-hmm. Right No. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> you are uh, just fine. A fiery, fiery young lady. <laughs> just fine. Um, but you're right. Exactly. People have to resonate and connect with the individual telling the story and to feel like they're being authentic and genuine, I feel like is also just super important. And when you, when you were, you know, sharing or writing this down, having this cathartic experience, were you envisioning sort of the, the type of person who would be uh, moved by this work or were you just more so targeting women who have gone through the experiences and who can identify with those feelings? A little bit of both. I Mm. I think, Honestly, I think that there's so much of, of what I experienced that is just a universal experience for women that all women can under identify with it. And some men, I've had quite a few men that, you know, because people are just people, you know, like whether it's men or women just determines is just determined by who, who you love, but the experiences are pretty universal. So I speak to women because I work with women. So the book is speaking to women, Mm -hmm. but it really is an experience that it's just for whatever reason, it is just common to people in general. And, and that's an incredibly sad thing to think about, but it's true. It, it is, it's sad that we do. I mean, all suffering is sad. Of course it's like, it's, that seems so sad, not necessary, but, and then when, but I think when you also don't have the ability to frame it against, you know, what you consider to be normality, it's even worse because you feel like ostracized. You're like, Mm -hmm. nobody's going through this experience. This is, I'm just like you were saying in the beginning in terms of the shame, like this is my fault. So I'm embarrassed to even share that. Nobody is going through this experience. But just like you're saying, it is a very universal, the human life experience is universal. And there is somebody going through the same thing that you're going through. And you just having the courage to share gives other people the courage to share. What kind of feedback have you uh, received from your book? Have, Have women approached you and said, you know, this was exactly what I needed. I I really appreciated you sharing your story. The funny thing about the feedback that I got was I didn't expect male feedback, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. I, mm-hmm. I knew there were men that bought it. Um, some were because they just, you know, they know me, but they know my content. They, you know, they believe there would be value. But it's it's really surprising how many men will 
when they feel safe, just like women, when they feel safe, they will express things that you don't expect. So that was kind of a revelation that that many men would just, just to come and say, I, I've experienced that too. I understand, you know, I felt those feelings, all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But the, the biggest surprise was that, so my book is broken into a couple of parts, where you are, where you want to go. Here's the, let's create the roadmap. This is how you get there. And then the, the last section, the you section is about the emotional experiences. It's about, here's the things that you're going to have to confront, you know, as you do this work, it's, it's, it's the less um, strategic stuff and the more inner emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. The beginning mm-hmm. part of the book is the strategic because I very much believe that you can't, you can't just fix the things that got hurt. You have to start from the foundation. And that, yes. so that's what that part is about. But the feedback, the majority of the feedback was on the inner part, the emotional part, the relationships, the, the non-tangibles were the biggest feedback. And I really didn't expect that. I was expecting, I I put all this stuff into action and this is what I've done. Mm -hmm. And most of it was more on the, um, I feel different. I love myself differently, which I wanted that to be a part of it, but Mm -hmm. it was surprising how much heavier that feedback was than, than on what I thought was the more important part of the book. (laughs) But that's the way it is, though, right? You you write the book for other people and then, you know, you're like, OK, here's where the meat is, because like, that's how I would perceive it. But other people are like, no, I want to learn how to love myself better. I want to create self-awareness. I want to learn how to to calm the storm within, because that's the hard part. It's for a lot of people, you know, like following a roadmap and kind of putting that together. That's like, OK, that makes sense. That's logical. But OK, managing these emotions, that's that's something that's totally out of my realm. That's something that I just like can't understand. So that's good that you receive that that feedback and that it's resonating with across so many different people and demographics. Like that's awesome. So you said yeah. that you said that the book is broken down into three or four parts. Is that correct? Could you mm-hmm. tell us the parts again one more time? Just want I just want to make sure. So the first is to really evaluate where you're at, right? Because you can't really be directional until you know where you're starting from. Mm -hmm. So it's, and you can, you know, apply this to whatever parts of your life that you want to, but it's broken into, my company is called HBIC Development. And yes, HBIC means what you think it means, but it also means (laughs) heart, body, intellect, and cup. Heart being your relationships, the emotional aspect, body being, of course, physical, um, wellness and health within your body. Mm-hmm. I intellect, you know, the mental aspect and cup is taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So the, the initial evaluations in the book are in that same breakdown. So evaluating where you are in your relationships, where you are in your physical health, where you, all of that. And of course you can apply it wherever finances, you can apply it to your career, you can apply it however you want. It's just provided in that format. So exactly where are you? Where do those things stand? Where would you rate yourself in each of those categories? And then from there, where do you want to be? So now that you know exactly where you are, what is the ideal in Mm -hmm. all of those things, right? If you would rank yourself at say, I'm a three in my relationships, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What is the ideal for each of those things? Again, coming from the foundation, not where have you been, not what do you want to fix, but what do you want? And then from there, okay, how do we get there from where you are 
and where you want to be. Now let's draw the map. Where do you want to go and how do you get there? It's the how do you get there that matters. Otherwise, you're just looking, you might as well put pictures on the wall and fantasize about places you'll never go if you don't figure out how to get there. And then let's do it. How do you stay on track? What's the daily method? Because if you fall off, which you will, you will, you will fall off in your fitness. You will fall off in your relationships. You will fall off on everything because we are, we're not robots. We can't Mm -hmm. just operate on the same program every day. So you will fall off. How will you get back on? What's your daily accountability? How will you just come back to the path? You know, if you fall off the wagon, get back on the fucking wagon. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the you aspect, you re- how you will experience relationships, things that will happen. And in fact, the, the end part is what I have extracted into a mini coaching program, which is how do you come back to that love, mm-hmm. which still includes the first parts of the book, because that's the foundation. That's how you come back. That's how you learn how to evaluate yourself as opposed to relying on what you think other people think of you. Right. Right. Yeah. Starting internally. So of those, uh, of those steps, of those uh, sort of milestones in the journey, relating it back to yourself, what would you say was the most difficult part just in general for humans in general, for you in general, what would you say was the most difficult part of that process? Was it evaluating where you were? Was it determining where you wanted to go? Was it putting it into action? What was the hard, or what would you say is the hardest part for people in general? And what was the most difficult part for yourself? I think people in general is always, always, always the first step Mm. because the internal programming that we have, the ego and the subconscious mind, they kind of, not in a negative way, but they kind of conspire to keep us where we are. Yes. Because they understand where we are and that makes it safe. Even if it's not really safe, they can predict and they can understand all of the aspects of the life that we're living right now. Mm-hmm. So learning how to get beyond those and understand really, 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 where am I? Where do my actions keep taking me? What are the beliefs that are underneath of my actions? Because if we want to change the color of the leaves on the tree, we can't just cut the leaves off. We can't just paint them. We can't change the branch. We have got to come down to the roots. So it's reestablishing that root system. Oh, I like that a lot. Changing it, but in order to reestablish it, you've got to be able to see it. And that is the hardest part. Really having an honest conversation with yourself about why does X, Y, and Z continue to happen in my life? Why did it mm-hmm. happen in the first place? And then why did it happen again? And then why did it happen again and again and again? The common thread is me. And that's hard. It's hard to accept. It's hard to accept if I'm doing something stupid over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's hard to accept if my own self-worth is below what I think it is because my beliefs and my thoughts are not the same thing. Right. It's, it's, always comes down to honest self-evaluation is the hardest thing to have. I would honestly say, I would agree with you a hundred percent in that. I was assuming that I was like, nobody wants to admit like, okay, you're doing something to put yourself in a not ideal situation. Nobody wants to admit that because we all want to think that we're working for our highest good. We're working for what is best for us. But often we can have these unconscious sort of processes, these unconscious ways of thinking and actions that are leading us down 
the same path over and over again. Yeah, I was I was wondering. I was like, I wonder what she's gonna say. But yeah, I definitely agree. I just from personal experience, just from from observation, it's definitely hard to be honest with yourself. But once you do take that first step, it everything is a lot easier because you do know where you are. So I re- I really I I love that. But Kukua, I have loved this conversation. I love your strength. You are such a strong lady. I can just. I can feel it, and I'm sure it comes across in your book as well. You've you've articulated the core principles of your book so well. Is there anything that you wanted to share or leave with the audience? This is universally true for everybody. There's something in your life that you're not doing. You want to do it. You think about it every once in a while. Maybe you used to do it when you were a kid, and for some reason you lost it. Get back to it find it. You, you deserve everything that you're willing to work for. Yes. A friendly reminder, everybody. Like I know the first thing that I thought of was piano. When I, when you said that, I was like, oh man, I do need to get back to that. I'm sure everybody has something that they really enjoy that they sort of just life got in the way. But it is so helpful to get back another way to get back to yourself, getting back to the things that you loved as a childhood that you couldn't really indulge in, you know, give it to your inner child. So, well, Kukua, I have, number one, I love your name. I keep saying it because it's just so awesome. Number (laughs) two, thank you so much for coming on. I've absolutely loved having this conversation with you. Um, Everybody, please check out Kukua's book. All the information is in the episode description. I really feel like your ethos of starting with yourself. It's it's a theme that we hear so often, again, in the trauma space of if you really want to do anything, you want to move in any direction and you, you know, you want to move out of this space of stagnancy, you have to be honest with yourself. So being honest with yourself, so important. And everybody, if you want to, you know, um, use a resource that will help you start the journey please check out Kakua's book, a great starting point, a great place for you to really start to map, to map it out, to put it into action. So again, thank you, Kakua and everyone else. Thank you so much for listening. Always a pleasure. Please let me know how you're feeling. And, you know, I have to end it the same, the same way. Getting it right this time though. Getting it right this time. So... (laughs) I love each and every one of you, and please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. Mm